The following KOPN podcast is made possible by the generous donations from listeners like you. Please consider a donation to listener-supported community radio, KOPN. You can donate securely online at kopn.org. Thank you. Hi, welcome to Food Sleuth Radio, where we help you think beyond your plate. I'm Melinda Hemmelgarn, a registered dietitian and investigative nutritionist on a mission to connect the dots between food, health, and agriculture and find food truth. And today I am delighted to welcome my guest, Mr. Jeff Katch. He is the Chief Impact Officer at the Rodale Institute, which is headquartered in Cutstown, Pennsylvania. Jeff is responsible for expanding Rodale's global influence in healing people and planet through regenerative organic agriculture. Jeff's educational and professional background is largely based in business, marketing, communication, and leadership, so I was especially interested in bringing his voice to our listeners to dispel myths and help our listeners better understand the value of organic food and farming. For our listeners who have not heard of the Rodale Institute, it is a nonprofit organization considered the real global leader that is dedicated to growing organic agricultural practices through rigorous scientific research, farmer training, and consumer education. Welcome, Jeff. Oh, Melinda, thank you so much. It's a real honor to be a guest on the show today. Well, it's my pleasure. I reached out to you because Rodale has a brand new curriculum designed for consumers to better understand organic food, organic farming, and dispel many of the myths that might be floating around out there. And I thought maybe you could describe a little bit of that to us. But first, I want to know how you found Rodale. Sure. Well, I've been on a journey, and the journey has sort of arrived here at Rodale Institute uh, as a full-time employee about five and a half years ago. So over the course of my life, I've always been a student of health. I as a young adolescent, had a lot of health problems. And around the age of 12 or 13, I decided, you know what, I want to change the trajectory of my health. And I remember just being a voracious reader as a young boy and would often read health magazines and books. And lo and behold, many of those products were products from the former Rodale Publishing Company. And those products left an indelible imprint on my life and helped me to get healthy. At a young age, I started learning how to eat better and have proper nutrition. And I remember asking my parents to buy me certain foods at the grocery store. And little by little, I got healthy. And a lot of the health ailments that I was plagued with as a young boy just started dissipating as I changed my diet and the food that I was consuming. So that was like a real defining moment for my life. And Fast forward to my mid-30s, um, I had been a professional in another industry, and I was you know, a high performer, and both in my career and outside of my work, I was always a highly energetic person, very healthy, and then one day I had a health collapse, an unexplained health crisis that led me on a search for answers. Six doctors and over $50,000 in unreimbursable medical bills later, and I still had no answers for my health collapse until I found my way to what's called a functional medicine doctor. So a functional medicine doctor helped me to uncover the root cause of my health collapse, which I found was chronic Lyme disease. Mm. And for those of your listeners that are unfamiliar with the term functional medicine, the way my doctor explained it that, that first visit, that when I was sitting in his office on that Saturday morning about six years ago, he said, well, Jeff, you're on the board of an organization called the Rodale Institute, so you understand the principles of organic agriculture, 
right? And I said, well, of course. He said, well, you understand that organic farming is sort of like, it's like a system-based approach to producing food. And I said, yes, it's about biology. He said, exactly. He said, well, functional medicine is a systems-based approach to healthcare. We're going to get to the root cause of the biological system that is you. We're going to come to find out what caused your health collapse, and then we're going to farm your body back to health using biological methods. And I was just, I remember that was like a real, that was another defining moment for my life. And little by little, that doctor helped me heal from this terrible illness. And over the course of the next few months, I realized, you know what, this nonprofit on which I serve on the board of directors is maybe a place that I need to go the rest of my life helping to do the work that they do, because I just so believe in the principles that Rodale Institute was espousing. And so I joined, I left the board in 2017 and became a full-time employee and have been on this journey ever since. And it's been a real honor and a privilege to do this work. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you describe the systems approach because I was thinking the same thing that a holistic approach is the way I would define the functional medicine world. And it's the same way I would describe the organic farming world, that it's really this systems-based, you know, if you've got a problem, you ask about why you've got the problem, not just throwing something at it to do a quick fix. That's exactly right. Well, we need to talk about organic agriculture because as a dietitian, I work with consumers who say things to me like it's just a marketing gimmick. And I want to go through all of those myths and help people understand truly what organic food and farming mean. Now, I am familiar with, and I'm sure you are too, some of the consumer surveys that show that consumers sometimes think the natural label is superior to the organic label. So why don't we start by my asking you to define what is organic agriculture? Sure. Organic agriculture is a systems-based approach to producing food. So these are farmers around the world that are using biological principles to produce food. They're working in harmony with nature, not against it. And they're audited to the highest standard in food production. So contrary to the word natural or many of the other buzzwords that we see in our food industry, the word organic actually has a certification that's audited by accredited certifiers. And farmers and brands that use the word organic must adhere to very, very stringent practices. And those practices are audited by people that go out and actually visit farms and audit to make sure that the farmer is actually doing what they say they're doing. And so there is a high degree of integrity to the organic certification. Is it completely 100% flawless? No. Like any system, people have found their way to practice in a way that isn't upholding the standard. But by and large, consumers can absolutely trust the organic certification. And Rodale Institute, along with other like-minded organizations, have recently launched a new, even higher bar certification called the Regenerative Organic Certification. So there's the organic certification and then the regenerative organic certification, which is an even higher bar that's asking farmers not only to keep chemicals out of their food production, but also take into account soil health, animal welfare, and human well-being. And so those are two very, very trusted brands that are backed by science and also backed by a auditing and certification process. 
So whenever there is a cheat in the system, they seem to capture headlines. And it does mar or it creates a little bit of conflict in the mind of the consumer, where they're more likely to say, see, there are so many cheats, or the label doesn't mean what it used to mean. I'm sure you've heard these same arguments. And I like the way you describe hearing somebody say, no, it's not ideal. We have to continue to have improvement, but it's still the best that's out there. When somebody says, the label doesn't mean what it used to mean, how do you respond to that? Well, any good industry believes in innovation, right? And so what was yesterday doesn't mean that it's still the same today or will be the same tomorrow. And so, you know, at Rodale Institute, we believe in innovation. And the USDA organic certification, the word organic is actually housed inside of the USDA. The National Organic Standards Board governs the organic certification. And so there actually is policy and legislation that's around that word. But like anything, we need to always be innovating and pushing the bar higher. And so that's why that was really the impetus for Rodale Institute joining forces with other industry partners to launch the regenerative organic certification because we do believe in continuous improvement. That's really the spirit of organic agriculture is that the entire system gets better and better and better over time. And so thus the need for a newer standard is to continue to push the food industry forward and really create a platform for them to innovate. Right. Now, you are based in Cutsdown, Pennsylvania, but you've got offices all over the world. You work globally to help farmers become certified organic and certified regenerative organic. Mm -hmm. What kinds of challenges do you see, let's stay within the United States, here in this country with regard to challenges that farmers face when they want to become organic? What are their barriers or hurdles in getting there? Well, there's several barriers. The major barriers are access to knowledge and science. You'd be amazed by how little research is being done at our land-grant universities. I believe every state in the United States has a land-grant university. That system was set up by Abraham Lincoln as a mechanism for farmers to get knowledge, regional-based knowledge on, and farming advice and science. And sadly, over time, the land-grant system has been co-opted by big food and big ag interests. And so if you're a farmer in the Midwest in a particular region and you walk into your land-grant university and you say, hey, I want to transition to organic production. Can someone here help me? You're going to find um, very little expertise in, inside of our land-grant system. And so thus the need for organizations like Rodale Institute to do rigorous research in science. And that's part of our strategy for launching these satellite campuses. We call them regional resource centers, is to set up science in parts of the United States and parts of the world where agriculture is different, you know, where there's different challenges and different growing requirements. And so we've, uh, in some ways, we're trying to replicate that land-grant system so that we can give farmers in specific regions regionally specific advice. And then, so concurrent to the, the lack of science is the lack of hand-holding and expertise. And so Rodale has now launched a national consultancy. We have a team of 15 employees that work all day, every day to hold the hand of farmers and help them literally guide them step by step through the process of transitioning to organic production and regenerative organic production. The other barriers that farmers face is access to capital. Most of our banks in this country are very, very risk averse. 
And so if a farmer goes to the bank and says, hey, I want a loan, and by the way, I want to become an organic farmer now, most banks are going to say, no, I don't think so, not on our lending, because we want you to do what you did last year and the year before, because we want to cut any risk out of our lending to you. And so Rodale is currently in the process of working with some financial institutions to potentially start our own mechanism to loan money to farmers. And then so it's lack of expertise, lack of capital, lack of research. And then lastly, there are certainly some policies that are keeping us stuck in a conventionally perpetuated system. And so Rodale, while we are not a policy or activist organization, I'm I'm here to tell you that there are some other great organizations out there working hard on Capitol Hill to change policies, hopefully in our next farm bill, that are going to make organic agriculture the new normal way of farming. That's so important. I want to make sure you have a chance to identify where those regional resource centers are located. Yeah, sure. So there's one uh, in just outside of Cedar Rapids, Iowa, which is a really powerful place for Rodale to have a campus because Iowa is probably the biggest ag state in the United States, yet it's my understanding that if you live in most parts of Iowa, you can't buy food grown in Iowa at the grocery store. So we're producing commodity crops, and we need to change that. We, The health of people that live in Iowa depends on a farming community that's producing food for people that live in Iowa. And so Rodale is working hard to create new models there. And then in addition to Iowa, we also are on a campus located just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. So farming in the southeast of the United States has different challenges than farmers in Iowa. Uh, In addition, we also have a campus in Ventura, California. That campus is very focused on vegetable and hemp production because that's what most of the farming in the Central Valley is focused on. And then our most recent campus will open in Parma, Italy. So it'll be our first foray into Europe. And that is a campus that's focused on research and dissemination of information to farmers in Italy and uh, around Europe. That's fantastic. Jeff, let me take one break and remind our listeners that if you're just joining us, you are tuned into Food Sleuth Radio. We are speaking with Mr. Jeff Katch. He is the Chief Impact Officer at the Rodale Institute. Jeff is responsible for expanding Rodale's global influence in healing people and planet through regenerative organic agriculture. I am so glad that you mentioned the locations. And as you're mentioning them, I'm thinking about specific issues that are affecting those regions of the country. So in California, of course, there are water issues. In Iowa, as you mentioned, this is the commodity belt of the United States, lots of corn and soy, and lots of dicamba and 2,4-D drift, as well as the use of Roundup. So lots of herbicides used here. And I want to focus on Iowa for a minute because I have spoken with farmers there who are really trying to feed their community healthy foods that I as a dietitian would recommend, you know, fruits and vegetables, and they can't grow those foods because of the drift from those GMO soy and corn crops. So we together, and certainly Rodale at that center, has a big challenge in helping farmers be successful when that pressure from the commodity food system is so great. Do you want to say anything about that? Well, yeah, I think that, first of all, farmers, when, you know, I've had the privilege of meeting farmers, so many kinds of farmers, conventional and organic, and through the work that I do here at Rodale. And what, one thing I can definitively say is that, in my opinion, farmers are some of the most profound 
wonderful human beings you will ever meet. I don't think there's a single farmer on this planet that wakes up every day and says, I want to go to work today and make people sick. Right. I don't think that, I don't, I do not think that that is the spirit of the farmers in this country, certainly, and I don't think of any farmer anywhere in the world. Uh, however, the, the reason we are where we are and the, the reason we have the kind of food system that relies on these deleterious chemicals that you just rattled off is because we as consumers have asked for cheap food, right? We all vote with our dollar three times a day based on where we purchase our food and how that that food was produced. And so we as a society, we've essentially asked for a system that perpetuates cheap food. Well, guess what? The result is this commodity-based system that's reliant on harmful chemicals that are both toxic to our own human health and the health of the planet. And so I don't think it's fair to blame the farmer. I think we have to put the responsibility on the consumer and really the reason that Rodale really sees consumers as the way forward. We need to, we need to educate consumers on the impacts of our commodity-based conventional farming system. We need to educate them on that and then teach them about organic and regenerative organic production methods and how those production models are actually healthier for them and for the planet. And then we need people to go to the grocery store, to the farmer's market, or directly to farmers in our own communities and vote with our dollar and actually purchase food based on how that food was produced. Because we as consumers can actually reinvent the entire food economy. We could put pressure on the food system to change based on where we spend our money three times a day. So that's really what we're focused on at Rodale and why we launched a consumer course. Well, I think that incentivizing farmers to grow the kinds of foods that we all want to be eating is one important step. And I also think that there's just so much that we can do as consumers with our forks, because in my world, I see a lot of people who are truly struggling economically. So, I mean, even people who are well off are looking for a bargain, right? It's sort of like this national goal to be resourceful. That's a good thing. And why would you spend more if you could get what you perceive to be as the same thing for less? So that is very much a part of the consumer mindset. But I think we really can't be having this discussion without also taking a very close look at why consumers are so strapped. What is it about our economic system that keeps people so exploited and so poor? And now, as we see food prices increasing and the economic system not getting better for many, you know, many people have lost their homes and their jobs during the COVID pandemic, this is a, a huge issue. So I do understand what you're saying about the importance of, quote unquote, voting with our fork. But I think this is where, as you mentioned earlier, those agencies that you work with who are pushing on policymakers to make changes is very important. And I think about the Iowa farmer, Rob Fox, who wanted to provide good food for his neighbors. But because of his neighbors who have been bought into the system, thinking that they really don't have a way out. They have to use these chemicals in some part as a defense mechanism because their neighbors are using the GMO crops. They're being sprayed. So if they don't plant the resistant crops, their crops will die. It's a mess. Yeah, we also, in addition to educating consumers on 
how to make more informed purchasing decisions, we also need to change policies to begin to incentivize farmers for the right kinds of practices. One example we often give is we should be paying farmers to plant cover crops. You know, every single farm in the United States in the month of January should be green right now. I'm actually looking out the window at Rodale Institute's farm, and a lot of the pastures that I'm looking out at are green right now in the middle of the winter here in Pennsylvania because there was a cover crop established. There's tremendous biological and ecological benefits for having our fields constantly green and growing. We're capturing carbon 12 months a year. We're building the health of the soil. We're preventing erosion. And so there's just a a myriad of better farming practices that our federal government could be incentivizing instead of propping up and perpetuating a broken commodity-based system. Absolutely. And I'll tell you, I also so much appreciate the fact that you mentioned the role of our land-grant colleges, which really should be serving people and people's health first and foremost. But when we don't have adequate public funding for those institutions, and those institutions have to rely on corporate dollars for their research and for their departments, you know, to pay their faculty and staff, that's when we start seeing that pervasive influence of industry on the kinds of education our students receive. We have a Monsanto auditorium at the University of Missouri, for example, and this university is not unique. I mean, if you go to the University of Minnesota, University of Iowa, and so on, you'll see the same kind of corporate influence there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Is Rodale doing anything to maybe reach out to some of those land-grant colleges? Are you trying to maybe attend conferences where those students might be to help students see that there are alternative paths to farming? Sure. I mean, we work with all those land-grant universities. We have no problem partnering with them. Um, A lot of the PhDs that are going through programs at the major land-grants are actually superimposing their research here at Rodale Institute. So we're committed to working with our land-grants, and there's many, many great leaders inside of our land grants that are trying to change the system. I think of Dr. Kathleen Dillett, who's out, I believe, at Iowa State. Yeah, she's great. Um, and, and, yeah, many other um, leaders like her that are doing the right thing. And so, and then in addition to that, Rodale Institute has an extensive farmer training program. We have a tremendous research internship program for PhD students and uh, undergraduates. And so Rodale is doing what we can to infiltrate our land grants with people that are advocating for regenerative and organic food systems. It's so critical. As we face climate change, as we are seeing the adverse effects increasingly, whether it's increasing amounts of rainfall or increasing drought, and of course, the impact on soil and food quality, this is absolutely the time to be embracing regenerative organic agriculture. Do you ever go to the FFA meetings and reach out to students there? That's, you know, that's one that's a bit of a tough one, to be honest with you, and for reasons outside of this conversation, that's not typically an audience that uh, Rodale uh, attempts to engage, just because there's only so much we can do, and you got to go where you're wanted most, right? I mean, I think that it's, um, the FFA is another great example where, um, you know, big ag interests have, have infiltrated that organization. Oh, absolutely. But, yeah, you can watch their... There are sessions online. Anybody who's interested can go to the FFA website and see the influence of industrial agriculture. And it's such a shame because these are impressionable, young 
individuals who are wanting to farm for the good of mankind, right? And they have an appreciation for the value of farming. And I'm so concerned that they may be influenced by the industries that are going to profit off their exploitation and further poison their water and their air and really limit their options in agriculture at the end of the day. Exactly. Well, Jeff, we just have a few minutes left, and I think we've explored some of the challenges to individuals who want to farm organically, and we have touched on the value of organic and regenerative organic agriculture. What else would you like our listeners to know about Rodale and your great work there? Well, we have a very robust online education platform. We have a lot of educational material to offer to our listeners today. I know that one is that you wanted to highlight our Being a Regenerative Consumer course, which recently launched. It's a course that is free that you can log on to our website and register and take. It's a fantastic course. It's everything you need to know about organic food and farming and how to have a positive impact for yourself and for the planet. And so in this course, we go in-depth on organic farming as it relates to human health. We talk about what organic farming even is. We give you a crash course on soil health and environmental impacts. And so I highly encourage everyone listening to take this course. I think the whole thing is under an hour, and it is really, really informative, very, very inspirational. And then opt into our emails so that you can stay up to date on other upcoming events, educational courses, and ways that you can connect with our mission. We are a nonprofit, and so we rely on support from listeners like you that believe in our mission and that want to help advance regenerative organic agriculture. So, yeah, thank you so much and and, uh, really excited to bring all of you today listening closer to our work. Well, I want to put a plug in for the consumer curriculum as well. I have gone through just about all of the individual courses. They're extremely digestible. My favorite, of course, is with Dr. Stahl. And I commend Mm -hmm. you again for recognizing the importance of quality farming to human health. And Dr. Stahl goes through all of the benefits of organic farming, from not using herbicides and pesticides and chemical fertilizers, but also the problem of antibiotic resistance and how organic farming does not allow antibiotics in livestock agriculture. So once again, we see the huge benefits, not only with carbon capture and climate change challenges, but with human health. And I think you've got some statistics in there on how much money, I think it was Dr. Stahl who had, you know, how many trillions of dollars we spend on healthcare compared to how much we spend on food. Yeah, it's about 3.2 trillion on healthcare to 1.6 on food. And the sad reality of that is just 40 years ago, those numbers were more than flipped. We were spending twice as much on food than we were on healthcare back in 1960. So We've seen a 40-year sort of march away from priorities on our agricultural systems and human health. And I think we can we can flip those numbers again, but we need everyone to, to do their part. Well, unfortunately, we have to close, but I want to bring people to www.rodaleinstitute.org for all of the information that we've been talking about today, plus more. 
I want to thank our listeners for joining us. Remind everyone that Food Sleuth Radio is produced by Dan Hemmelgarn for KOPN Studios in beautiful downtown Columbia, Missouri. But most of all, I want to thank my guest, Mr. Jeff Katch, Chief Impact Officer at the Rodale Institute. Rodale is a nonprofit organization, and they are dedicated to growing organic agricultural practices through rigorous scientific research, farmer training, and consumer education. Jeff, thank you so much for your time again today. Thank you, Melinda. It's been an honor and a pleasure to speak with you.